This is the Moshpit Backstage Podcast for punk, metal and rock interviews and segments. Now we have an interview with Sam from Caliculus Horse. How's it going, Sam? Hey, it's going good, man. How are you? I'm really good. <laughs> Guitarist for Caligula's Horse. Um, you guys will be touring Australia in August. You're going to be playing at Melbourne at the Haller on the 16th. Now, um, after that, you're going to be playing a European tour, which I want to talk about briefly first. Like, Sure. This is your first European tour. Like, what, what are you guys doing no, to prepare for? No, it's actually our, our, our third European tour. Really? It'll be our yeah. first headline tour. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. So, yeah, it's fir- first... <laughs> Quite you know, a big difference. Yeah, yeah, first headline European tour. What are you guys doing to prepare for that? Um, well, I mean, the thing is that the music itself isn't something that's too difficult for us to prepare for. We just rehearse as normal, make sure our gears work and all that kind of stuff. But the big thing is... You know, realizing that you're going to live on a tour bus with a bunch of stinky dudes for like 35 days. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's one of these things that um, homesickness and all those kind of concerns obviously take over at some point or another. But, I mean, other than that, just, you know, we, we try and kind of stay healthy. We try and stay fit. These are the kind of things, the kind of routines that we try and plan ahead before we go to places like Europe. It sort of keeps you alive when you're on the road like that. Mm, mm, interesting. Yeah. Now, you're going to be playing with I Built the Skies and Circles for most of those dates. Mm. How, how do you go about um, uh, getting together with those guys for this tour? So they're all really good friends of ours, just through the Australian scene, the people that we've geeked with in the past, toured with in the past. Um, and it was funny, we were sort of talking about supports. We considered, you know, which... It's like inevitably just which European bands you choose to support on a you know European headline tour, but we we sort of kept coming back to this idea of putting together a package which was you know we, we called it an Australian invasion, like it was going to be this big kind of package that was sold on the idea of it being a couple of the bands that would normally tour together in Australia but would never play together in Europe, and the novelty was just too much to pass up, you know. It seemed like such a good idea, so here we are. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, that, that's the part I really love about this, the fact that it's not... Because, uh, m- you know, music in general is very global these days, but I feel like Australia, mm. to a large extent, often has kind of a unique, for whatever reason, a little bit of a unique flair on a bunch of things. And, yeah, mm. it's great to see a, a bunch of sort of our style of kind of heavy prog go over mm. there and, and, and show them how it's done. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I mean, but, you know, if nothing else, we all sound pretty different, I think. We're a fairly diverse bunch of Aussie bands. There's definitely a, definitely a kind of shared quality to us, whether it's just the irreverence or the, you know, <laughs> boisterousness. I don't even know. There's got to be some kind of national identity that we share, surely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, moving back to your Australian shows, or I guess just sort of shows more generally, like... Uh, this is a question I ask whenever I'm interviewing a band about a live gig or, or some tour of some sort. When you're on stage, what, what is it you're aiming to do? What is it you're doing on stage? Well, I mean, from the very beginning with Caligula Source, we're obviously a band that you know take our take our music very seriously. It's, it's, it's fairly studious. It's fairly technical at times. But um, 
from the very beginning, we were, we were in agreement that it needed to be as much a matter of kind of communicating energy and expressivity as it was about the technique. So we try and create something that's really kind of energetic, really draws the audience in, that you know, demands a little bit of a kind of back and forth between the audience and us, like a feedback loop. So for us, it's very much um, as much about transferring that energy as it is about nailing the songs, even though, you know, we obviously wouldn't surpass the latter for the former. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of our rationale, I think. It's a pretty good summary of it. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, so when I last saw you guys, something, you know, interesting happened, something that I, I noted. I, I actually put it in um, a note uh, that I kept for if I happen mm. to interview you guys um, uh, subsequently. You, you had a, um, an encore which was kind of fascinating to me because you didn't you didn't have that previously. Talk a little bit about why you decided to add it and what the discussion was like in the band when deciding to to do that. So which which encore particularly? Sorry, so many so many Australian shows. No, no, it, no, uh, it, it would have been it would have been the Melbourne show. Uh, the last one, mm. Top Ninja One, or the headline tour before that. Yeah, I think I don't it was. Think we did I don't think we did an encore there. No, um, yeah, there was definitely an encore. Um, uh, Jim got on and did uh, uh, the 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 spoken word track, and then you guys oh, came back okay. on stage. Yeah, no, sure. So, so like, there's, there's just a blur of so many shows that it could no, be no. different encores of many of them. Yeah, so Inertia and the Weapon of the Wall is actually it's a, it's a track off of In Contact, which is a spoken word, but it's a spoken word that um, in the studio I sort of I sort of dressed up with a bunch of weird sounds and things. And we decided that the best way to convey that live wasn't to do it necessarily with a kind of backing track or really powerful, to do like a fake encore. The rest of us leave, Jim stays on, um, and we kind of used the, the ramp up at the end of that track to really push into the, the, the songs that we ended up using for the encore, using this kind of like a, a build intention before we kind of explode back into it. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a novel idea, I suppose. Uh, we, we probably won't do that kind of thing again just to keep it fresh, but it definitely seemed to work pretty well on that tour, for sure. Mm, yeah, I was really interested by that. Um, as, yeah. we're, as, we're, as we're talking about um, In Contact... You sort of mentioned around its release that it might be a little bit more decisive than the uh, divisive than the previous mm. album. What, what's it like? Have you seen a divisiveness? What, what, what have you heard? Um, well, I mean, like, reviews and things were fantastic. Like, I, I, remember, I remember mentioning that it was a fairly divisive album, I think, fairly early in the press cycle. But what I meant by that isn't that it was going to be something that um, sort of polarises people necessarily, just that it was going to be something that requires a little bit more from the listener to really, you know, become immersed in. I mean, what we've seen since it's been released has been amazing. I mean, it's, you know, we, we, all, we, we, we often reflect on how these different albums seem to have translated, and we sort of see Bloom, the album before this, is a bit of a breakout for us. We saw, you know, crowd numbers rise after it, but within Contact, we've seen something even greater, like... Jim sent me a video the other day of a Twitch streamer who was doing, you know, custom Guitar Hero runs for in-contact stuff for, like, ages, and people were loving it and giving donations. Like, we've had these sort of realizations since in-contact that it seems to be spreading a little bit further, even if the album is a more complicated and more kind of demanding listen. Um, so it's generally been, I, I would say, very positive for the most part. Mm, that's really good to hear. Yeah. Um, one last question before we let you go. 
sure. I had a chat with Jim about uh, uh, regarding the album when it came out. Um, I sort of wanted to get your your words about sort of how you approached the album and what was it like writing it. As with all Caligula Source albums, we usually have a little bit. This is Jim and I collaborating to write the music. We usually have a bit of a, a bit of a sort of process whereby we discuss what it is that we want to achieve with the album. We were following up Bloom, which is a you know fairly sort of short, sharp to the point kind of album. We wanted to make something that really expressed the the, the severity of dynamics that we could possibly have in this band: the loudest, the softest, the biggest, the smallest, all of those kind of binaries that, you know, you, you often focus on certain elements of them, but rarely are you able to span them both. Uh, that was pretty much the first idea behind the album. When we started creating it, it was really just a matter of, you know, kind of going back through and auditing whether we were getting closer to that, whether we needed to create stuff heavier, lighter, whether we could fill in the shade, whether it was too sort of directed towards a single mood, all of those kind of questions. Um, interestingly enough, one of the first things we wrote was well, at least a, a small part of the song Graves, which is a 16-minute track that closes the album. Mm. So we sort of bit it off from the very beginning and we just kind of dealt with what, what, what we were obviously heading towards, which was a very expansive and, you know, very complicated album. Uh, it was a hard process, but, uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I couldn't be happy with it. I love the album. That's really good to hear. Uh, Sam? Thank you so much for talking to me. Uh, Caligula's Horse will be playing in Melbourne on the 16th. And I don't know if anyone happens to be over there, they'll be playing in Europe later in the year. Um, yeah, Sam, thank you so much for talking to me. Really look forward to seeing you guys. No problem, Ben. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mosh Pit Backstage Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Omni. To find out more about the show, go to www.syn.org.au slash moshpit. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash moshpitonsin and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at moshpitsin. The regular Moshpit radio show broadcasts punk, rock and male tunes and interviews every Thursday nights on Sin 9.7 on FM and digital radios. Listeners outside of Melbourne, Australia can stream Sin 9.7 online at www.syn.org.au. Thanks to Vintage Ruin for the music. Hi, this is Samantha from Flashgun Apocalypse. Hi, I'm Enid from Girls Go. I am Phoebe Pinnock from Heaven the Axe. Hey, this is Gary Oldman of the Hey, this is Kat Sproul from Horizon's Edge, and you're listening to The Mosh Pit on Sin FM. Hi, this is Aina from Leopard. Hi, I'm Virginia Lilly from the band Lilly. This is Raoul from 1349. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ali from Eberhead. Hey everybody, this is Charlie Benante with Anthrax, and you are listening to the Mosh Pit on Sims.